Hey there, Jason. We're back with another episode of The Enlightened Agent. Great to see you. And we just finished up uh, a terrific conversation with Jason Angus of the Hill Group. He's the chief operating officer there. Uh, lots of good stuff out of Jason, wasn't there? Yeah, Jason's great. I got introduced to Jason almost four years ago now from somebody else in the industry. And uh, he's fantastic personality, a lot of character, and he's got a lot of really interesting experience in the space. Yeah, a lot of interesting things. One of the things that struck me was uh, was how they focus on their own associates first, almost as, as the customers. And, and if they're good to those associates, that that translates to the end client. Yeah, I think that made a lot of sense. Uh, I also really enjoyed his story about uh, his first product in the uh, cosmetic surgery space, which I thought was an interesting uh, interesting way into, into the insurance world. Yeah, that was a great one. Also a good line in there, tyranny of the urgent. So uh, people will catch that in the, in the conversation. But uh, with that, let's get right to it. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Enlightened Agent, the podcast that brings you conversations with top insurance professionals and industry leaders. I'm Dean Gemmel, and I'm joined again by Broker Buddha CEO Jason Keck. Hey there, Jason. Hey, Dean. Good to see you again. And our guest today is another Jason, who also happens to be the Chief Operating Officer at the Hilb Group, Jason Angus. Welcome to The Enlightened Agent. Hey, thanks, Dean. Jason, great seeing you again, even if it is on another Zoom call. Indeed. Indeed. That's, that's how we all meet these days. Um, you know, Jason, let's start with you and your current role. Uh, sure. Besides being the chief of all things operational, uh, what does your job uh, require? You know, that, that's that, that's like that most uh, uh, candid kind of question that's sometimes more difficult to respond. But, you know, really, we look at ourselves as kind of a growth company. And, um, and you know, af- after an agency joins us, my job is to help them grow. And quite simply, that's either supporting our producers, that's supporting our staff, uh, that's supporting the agencies, and and helping them drive a little bit more accelerated growth than they usually have. So we are very growth-minded in every part of the business, whether it's the agency itself, whether it's individual producers. We really believe that when they join us, that they've got to be better off than they were on their own. And that's kind of our measurement of success or failure. So if a producer comes on board with us, they've got to be able to sell more insurance and make more money with us than they could have on their own. And so we really try to align our resources and our investments and support around it. Sometimes that's get out of their way. Sometimes that's providing better technology and investments. And sometimes, you know, it's more market access or expertise. So, it, it you know, it's, it's not the same case each and every time. And, and my job is really spending a lot of time identifying how we can support our agencies and our people. So your uh, your agency, I think, was acquired uh, by the Hill Group almost ten years ago now, right? So yeah, has- I refer to it as a watershed moment, <laughs> the greatest thing the company ever did. Of course, my uh, my counterpart Judd Elliott, head of M and A, has a has a whole different take on that. So he says, you know, if you can't produce, there's always a job for you at corporate. And so here I ended up as uh, as the chief operating officer, which shows you my my sales ability. Well, it, but well, no, I, I, I joined in 2011. Actually, it was the second acquisition. Oh, wow. And uh, like a lot of them, you know, we weren't for sale. We actually had no desire. We started the business in 2007, which was great, you know, crystal ball foresight into the financial markets of 2008. But we grew <laughs> crazy, crazy quick. And uh, we were looking to get to the next level. And, and um, I knew some of the executives, obviously, here in Richmond and 
And they said, look, that kind of growth is, is great. And we really love you to help us uh, help these agencies grow. And that's more or less been kind of my role, my role since. You had a, you had a pretty niche agency back then. What was it you guys were selling? You guys were, you know, I, 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 I always say that I wasn't bright enough to do a lot of different things. So I had to get really, really, really focused on a few areas and try to do those things very, very well. So uh, we, we had a, a plastic surgery product that we built through Markel insurance, which was really great. We did uh, uh, livery. So we did taxi cabs, basically in tertiary and secondary markets. We did wow. bed and breakfasts. So we had a couple of these kind of niche programs that we built out yeah. and then we're mostly focused in about a 28 state uh, area. So. That's amazing. Um, well, uh, you know, believe it or not, the, the not so uh, intelligent approach of, of doing, you know, s- simple things is, is actually the best way to, to grow a business as I'm sure you've learned. So, you know, it, it's, some people can do it very well. Um, you know, and I looked at it is that I didn't have, you know, 20 years to figure it out. And so we, we often look at that as also with producers, when you, when you really specialize in an area, um, we tend to find that, that they tend to grow a little bit quicker. And so we've always looked at, even when we take a, a green producer, somebody new, it, it's much easier for us to find somebody that can sit across the table and talk business than it is to worry about insurance. I've got some tremendous coverage experts and great insurance people, but we still look for people that can sit across and say, Dean, tell me about your business. Tell me about your new clients. Tell me what's going on. And when you, we can identify the things that the clients aren't, you know, that are concerned about and worried about, we can time find ways to partner with them a little bit better. Smart. Yeah. I wonder if the, uh, transition process has changed in the last 10 years from uh, a company getting merged into the company? <laughs> well, you know, it's always changing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would say that uh, it didn't exist because we really weren't integrating us into anything. Right. And so that kind of aggregation model where we had uh, acquired a bunch of stuff and, and um, but they really were, you know, disparate businesses, you know, has evolved. And, um, our agencies are, are, are coming together. They're supporting each other. Um, and, uh, you know, I was saying this the, the other day to a, a group of producers, we've made more money by getting people together and breaking a little bread than any of the, some of the, the greatest technology investments that we've made, which are really exciting and help us from an efficiency standpoint, but it's just still a people business. And when people come together and they say, you know, Jason, tell me what you do. And they help each other out and they start working together. We, we find that they, they tend to grow more and they, and they make more money. So this is when I slide in and say it's relationships empowered by technology, Jason. Just. You know, that was a nice little softball pitch to you. Yeah, you just laid that up for me, but real quick, tell me what the plastic surgery coverage was. I'm just interested. Yeah. So it was interesting. It was a, it started from a, a you know, a, a cocktail conversation where a guy I knew was a plastic surgeon and we were just, you know, talking shop. And he said, you know what I worry about? And I said, well, tell me what you worry about. And he said, you know, I did a, you know, a breast augmentation two days ago that I'm going to get a call tonight. I'm at a cocktail party and, and the patient's running a fever. And that's, that's not a big complication. We'll, we'll get them into the emergency room. We'll open them up, hit them with antibiotics, clean it out but it's an, it's, it's, it's an uninsurable event because it was elective surgery. And so, you know, now they're going to get hit with this uninsured bill from the hospital and they're going to be all upset because they didn't understand it. They never read the forms. And so now I've got to deal with it. And either I pay for it on my pocket to make it go away or I got to negotiate it. And I, I said, well, you know, there's probably an insurance solution to this and let me think about it. And I uh, had, it had a great relationship with some senior executives at Markel and, and they have a really good, you know, history of, of 
loving to dip in early stage and in, in, in products and pretty innovative company. And, and, and we knocked it around and quickly built a product. So that worked, it worked really well. So it was the product for the, the patient or for the doctor? Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, the product was called Cosmetic Protect. We actually insured the doctor. Interesting. But, you know, normally you can't have insurance. You can't have a transfer of risk without the consideration of the premium. Right. But there was no risk until the patient. So we built a technology platform. So the doctor then would enroll their patients. And as soon as the patient was enrolled, then there was a charge to the doctor and then the doctor would do it. So they could buy the policy. There was no cost to it, but it was only done on a variable basis on each individual uh, a patient. So it was kind of a, a group policy, an individual policy written on a group, on a group chassis. I just say, tell me what you worry about is a great opening line for any agent, right? I mean, yeah, well, sometimes that can go into more of a couch session, which uh, <laughs> insurance can't solve all those products. Listen, it's a great business, but we can't figure out some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a insure tech CEO on the, on the podcast who was basically spinning up products. So that's his whole thing. Basically what you did then his whole plays, he's building up uh, almost like a digital MGA around kind of niche products. So um He's he, he learned from you, and ten years later, he's taking a, a technology based approach. So, well, you know, hope, God bless him. Hopefully, he's making more money than I did on it. So, I, he's I think he's off to a good start. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of technology, um, yeah. you're you're now the COO, former CMO there. Um, How's technology playing a role in operational and marketing strategies in the new company? Sure, I mean it, it's um, it is probably one of our, if, if it's not our largest initiatives that we've got going on, it, it is a, a definitely a high focus. You know, one is that we've, we've, we're very acquisitive, like a lot of people in our space. We look at it probably a little differently than some of our peers, but technology is an area that we really think helps our people do their jobs better. Um, and we really try to break it down quite simply is that, you know, we're supposed to be a sales organization. We're supposed to work with our clients but we're doing all of this stuff that our carriers are pushing to us that prevent us from doing our, basically our core job that prevent us from doing what our people like to do, what they want to do, what they want to be the enlightened agent. And they want to work with, you know, their clients on their clients issues. But instead we're doing all this transactional, all this heavy data entry work that just bogs down the system. So this yeah. is where we really look at from a technology and, and whether it's from, you know, your agency management systems to robotics process and automation through thinking about kind of that whole customer cycle from lead generation all the way into the, you know, through a binder, through servicing, but then also diving into the analytics, understanding the data and the product. What are we selling to whom and why? And how do we create those opportunities? So even that story from, you know, the, the insure tech uh, MGA looking at products or my experience of doing some of that. Really, it's a, it's a unique opportunity when we've got, you know, $3 billion in premium running through it is to find those opportunities, how we can help our clients more. And that's really understanding how to make coverage more consistent, hmm. how to build a better product that works for them. And you can only do that from really, really understanding the data and that opportunity. And then that goes into making sure you've got uniform data that's kind of going into it. So we're approaching it from, you know, kind of a multi-pronged approach, uh, both from efficiency as well as from kind of a sales and growth aspect. Clean data is really hard in this space. That's one of the things I learned uh, coming in was that people call things, you know, similar things have different names. It's very different to structure that information. It's incredibly difficult to report against it. Um, 
uh, are you guys actually taking that information and going back to carriers kind of like you did before to help build products or are you still yeah, just I mean, in the process we're, of getting the data? <laughs> I mean, that, obviously that's a, it's a massive opportunity. So when you're carriers, you know, tr- traditionally the, the, the relationship with your carrier partners is they say, we want you to go sell more of our products. And you say, great, what product? Oh, no, this is our whole list of, and then you say as a broker, well, which ones are you really good at? And, and they kind of struggle with that. Hmm. Now and then they come to you and say, look, we've really, we're really excited about, you know, writing HVAC contractors in the mid-Atlantic. How much do you write, where, and with whom? And then as a broker, we go, great question. Let me go ask that 112 times and I'll come back to you. <laughs> so it's, we typically both suffer from that data void to be able to have a more concrete discussion on how we can drive, you know, more sales to our carrier partners. So, you know, we had, uh, you know, two years ago, uh, Ricky, our CEO, stood up in, in our big leadership uh, conference and said, you know, if we look from an industry standpoint, the number one industry that we served is called unmatched. Yeah. <laughs> and unmatched is, is you know, our, and we've got to get better at it. But what happens is it's the tyranny of the urgent. We're running around doing a million things all the time and you don't have any consistency. People are, are, our service staff is working as hard as they can to try to satisfy all these demands. It's even worse in a hardening market right now because there's more demand for, you know, understanding kind of that renewals, explaining it to customers. And then they're, they're just having to do so much more work that we forget that basics of trying to say, this is kind of that data consistency that we need as an organization. And so part of the area for that IT spin is that we've been, you know, really recruiting and hiring a lot of traders to support our people. Yeah. Because they're having the only way they know how to get through the work is maybe cutting corners. And that's okay. But as we become a large organization, we kind of can't do that anymore. Yeah, it's like and you tech can't debt. ask them to slow them down because they don't have any time. So you've got to come together to help support. I was talking that there's actually a company in um, the Broker Tech Ventures Accelerator that that is trying to solve this problem right now. And they, you know, what they highlighted is that you know, big companies, it's pretty clear what they do. As you get into the small and medium-sized companies, they don't fit into one category, right? So I can imagine an agent, they're like, well, which one do I pick, right? And part of the answer is, well, you know, I want to pick the one that's going to get the best rate. On the other hand, if the carrier doesn't agree that that you pick the right one, then maybe the coverage doesn't apply. And so it's a complicated, it's actually not a, it's not just a matter of getting it right. Like figuring out what how to categorize them is, is a non, non-trivial problem. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, you know, what happens is that everybody is then working on uh, an uncoordinated tech solution. Right. So then the carriers were saying, well, we've updated our website. It makes it much easier. Well, you know, we represent 700 and some carrier relationships. So, yeah. you know, when you're trying to go to market based upon that size and understanding that market appetite, it becomes quite a big of a challenge. And then they've got, you know, certain tech shortfalls when they, we had a, a, a large carrier that, shall not be named, that um, if you put that they had sprinklered, good, um, on the form, it got rejected. If you clicked unsprinklered, it went through. And so, <laughs> Curious. you know, you, you our, 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 our agent's like, uh, I don't think this is right. And it went up and they're like, oh, no, it's right. Our forms have been checked. And we're like, no, I think you, we, we need to talk to somebody that understands like this is not working. And finally, we're able to help them kind of get a, a change made. But, you know, th- that's the scary stuff that's, that's happening out there. Yeah. I mean, they're losing business that whole time. I mean, it's good, th- good thing you brought it to their attention. I think they owe you one on that. Right. 
I, I didn't get paid more for it, but you know, that's a different <laughs> But story. you should have. You should have. Yeah. I love that expression, tyranny tyranny of the urgent. That's uh that's great. It's like uh, a higher level hurry up and wait kind of thing. So <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah. That's right. Um you know, you, you mentioned earlier just that, that when you sold to the Hilp Group, you actually weren't like looking to sell. And I'm imagining that a lot of the agencies you acquire are probably not in that mode either. So so sort of what do you look for when you're looking for to make an acquisition? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. We, we refer to, you know, kind of M&As. It's really talent recruitment. And um, in fact, over 60% of our deals, uh, you know, really were not people looking to sell. What happens is we've got a, uh, another agency in the area that people know, a relationship, and, you know, the, the Keck Insurance Agency, they sell. And his buddy, Dean, down the street goes, Jason, would you, I thought you just said last week you'd never sell. And he said, well, you know, I'm actually really <laughs> kind of joining up with these guys, and they had some opportunity. You know, and so that, that's really um, been some of, some of our success. And, um, and it's really from our people that, that help recruit people that they know and they like, and, and we're building out you know, very robust team. You know, I think it's also very successful when we have agencies that join us um, that really they're looking for that kind of 2.0 version of what they did. They're looking to, to, to get to that next level. Um, it's hard and to you, do there's this kind of, this is kind of like, you know, idea that I'm going to lose that independence instead of like, I'm going to join up with business partners that, will bring cap capital and technology and being a thought partner and opportunities. And for my staff and my people, they're going to grow and make more and be more successful. And so once they kind of really understand that it becomes a really good value prop for them. Um, yeah. And so that that's where I think we've, we found a lot of our, it, it doesn't mean that we don't look at just about everything like everybody else does, but for those agencies that have had a lot of success and, and really drank the Kool-Aid, it, it, it's because of, it's our, it's our view that, it really is talent. We're, it's a people business. Our assets leave every night at five o'clock, you know, and um, and we've got to we've got to really take care of it. And I think also, you know, our focus is you have these old energies that everybody, you know, let's focus on the customer. And we kind of we kind of don't do we focus on the associate. And if we feel like we could probably get the better technology, we try to listen. I mean, we're not necessarily as quick as we'd like to be. But we do listen to understand the problems that we have, the customer and stuff. And we try to empower our associates, provide better technology solutions for them, makes their life easier. Then they will do by by default a better job for the clients. The customer will have a better experience, and therefore they'll retain more, which therefore will drive more growth. Well, yeah, the, the associates are your customer, and then if you if to your point, if you if you focus on your customer, they'll focus on their customer, and I think that's 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 right. That's we really look do. at it. I mean, our corporate team. We really we 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 really think of ourselves as kind of that resource team to support these agencies to help them get to the next level. A, a great little side story, which is we had an agency that had this kind of home built agency management system. And the person that built it, I think was in their early eighties now. And we were, you know, okay, let's try to, it is so manual how everybody was doing this stuff. Let's, let's put in a more modern day agency management system. And of course, everybody panics. Oh my God, you can't, you know, it's a lot of stress. Six months later, I came back in the office and um, uh, this woman said, hey, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? And brought me into her office and shut the door. She said, I got to tell you, when you guys came in and were talking about this, I, like, I, I completely panicked. And my husband the other week said, you know, you're smiling a lot more than you used to. And I didn't see you smile for about five or 10 years. 
you would just come home and you'd have to pour a glass of wine and go, you know, just, just to calm down from the day. And now you're coming home and you're on time. You're happier because of that efficiency that's created. So I think we, as you know, humans were so resistant to change, but a lot of that is it's really trying to figure out that work-life balance. And so when we have those associates that are that much more excited that they've got a better life balance, you got to think we're going to have a better customer experience. So that's been a lot of our approach. The, the, the monotonous administrative work that's involved in this business the drudgery blew my mind when, <laughs> when i came in i was like we this there's i mean I, i'm a i'm a tech guy right i like to solve problems with technology so i just i started salivating the more i learned about it i was like oh my god I mean, and you know it's th- there are good tools out there but even the good tools like they, there's a lot of opportunity for improvement so well and, and then the other thing is, is you've got to be careful about there's so many great tools that are coming on. It's almost an avalanche of them yeah. that you can't do them all. I mean, you can't put your associates through, hey, here's another shiny toy and here's another one. And here, like, mm-hmm. you've really got to think the business case through and, and kind of have a lot of buy-in. Yep. So we do this stuff. It's mostly been driven by, um, by our agencies out in the field. People saying, we got to be able to solve this. This is driving us crazy. And then we kind of we kind of collaborate with them and support them and then, then execute the implementation of the, t- of the tech. Awesome. Yeah. Curious, um, maybe just to go back to the acquisition or the uh, transition conversation a little bit, because I imagine there's companies out there uh, who are considering, right, you know, exits, succession plans, whatever the case may be. Sure. Um, What's it like for somebody to go through that? You know, picking it, you know, either pick an example of a recent agency or somebody recently, like, what would you, how would you describe that journey and, you know, help people get more comfortable with the idea? You know, it's, um, having been on both sides of the table, um, what people don't understand, it's, it's more of an emotional process for them hmm. than they think. You know, everybody looks at it from kind of a dollars and cents. And candidly, the money's fairly equal. There's certain values. The industry kind of values it very similar. And, and, and really, those people who are making that decision have got to figure out, are these the people I want to partner with? And I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's the people fit that, that's got to get right. And we look at it from the other direction. Like we see a lot of things, but if, if, if we don't feel like it's the right people fit, we don't feel like we can really help them and they can help us, then there's plenty of other, you know, choices for them out there. Um, and so that's the part that I think is, is challenging. It's been even more challenging in kind of a remote environment where you go and we get to spend, spend a little more time breaking bread together. I think the, the process is, you know, a lot of businesses are built kind of on a lifestyle business and then they've got to get some stuff cleaned up. And that's a process for them. That can take 12 minute, months prior to sale. And then they're going to go through a courtship. And then once they kind of select it, and then we got to get really comfortable very quick. So at the end of it, you expect this very climactic moment. And that's the opposite. It's there's a closing call that says, okay, everybody, thank you very much. Dean, Jason, great working with you. Uh, Integration is going to be following up with you shortly and we're done. And then their bank account looks different. Right. And they're kind of <laughs> like, like, what Hopefully. just happened? Right. Yeah. And you know, every, it's the common thing we hear people say, you know, got it. And that's great. And then I just, I got back on the phone and started calling my clients and working with them, you know, and it's that, that kind of experience. Um, you know, we, we really try to be, be aware of it. Our, our integration process, our m process has really grown. We spent a lot of time after that trying to make our associates feel calm and excited. 
Um, you know, they're, they're, they're always worried about job security and like, we've never eliminated a job because of a deal. That's just not how we approach it. And we have all these great things to help them, which they may have never had. I mean, a lot of these agencies have never had an HR team. Yeah. Right. You know, they've never, they've never had accounting resources and stuff like that. It's really basic. And so they get really, really, really excited. So, but there's a process that which you got to do it. Cause if I come in and, you know, Dean works for Jason and then we're like, okay, welcome to help group. And here's what's going on. And like, Oh my God, you know, and that, that can freak you out. And that's, that's really not our approach. So. Yeah. I love the idea of, of, you know, getting help on all the things that I, you know, you don't enjoy doing. Right. So, uh, or at least that you, you know, you, as, as a, small company, you know, you don't necessarily have the resources to have an HR person or a dedicated yeah. accounting person and you either, you either scrap and do it yourself or you get some outside help. And so I got to imagine the, the idea of being able to offload some of that to professionals who are, you know, really good at it might feel really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and as a, again, as an owner of a, a small company, uh, I can really appreciate the concept of, like the emotional side of it. Right. So if, if, you know, if, if we're, if we were to get acquired by another company, I would really have to know that the, the people I'm working with are, yeah. are, are, I have to really want to work with them because there's a lot of autonomy in running your own company, right? right. You don't have to, you know, it's one of the reasons people start their own companies is they want that autonomy. And so to give that up, they have to feel really good about the partners that they're, they're going in with. So that, I think that That's makes right. a ton of sense. Yeah. Hey, Jason, on your LinkedIn profile, a colleague of yours describes you as a no-nonsense, get-things-done marketing executive. So uh, uh, I'm assuming it's fair. And uh, what do you think uh, you've done over the years to, to earn that? Uh, that? That That's probably a fairly good descri- uh, description to me. I can tell you, you know, uh, my colleagues who I work with, we don't um, believe in a lot of meetings to plan for meetings to plan for another meeting. We're not very committee driven. Um, you know, we do not have a monopoly on good ideas here at the corporate office. Um, you know, we we're, we're constantly trying to get back together and say, okay, how can we get better? How can we get better? We empower our people quite a bit. You know, we hire really good people. Tell them, okay, here's where we're going. You tell us how to get there. And we really try to get out of their way and support it. And that whether you're, you're you came in through an acquisition or we we recruited you to be on the team, it's generally our focus. That does not mean we do everything right all the time. I mean, good lord, we make all sorts of mistakes, but we try to own up to it and we try to learn from you know our failures and, and try to get better. Um, you know, but I, my my wife would tell you I'm probably a little bit on the workaholic side where where this is all I think about. I I'm excited about it. I love building this company. I love building it with the the people I work with on a day, I, I'm excited to see the difference we make in people's lives. But, you know, we look at it is that we're building a road through a jungle and that bulldozer is going as fast as you can. You know, I've got a guy hanging off the side, pouring gas into it and we're going. And luckily I got a good team that hopefully keeps us fairly straight because we're just pushing it as fast as we can. And, and it's a lot of fun. That's amazing. Um, you, you, uh, you mentioned in there a story about helping people and, and building the company to help those people. Um, the, the, the reason we started this podcast was to hear about those stories because I think those stories are not, not told often enough. And I think, you know, insurance agents don't get as much credit as they deserve. Um, and so we called the podcast, as you know, the enlightened agent, um, because we wanted to hear the stories of those agents. So I'm curious if, if you have any stories, uh, either from your experience or the Hope Group uh, about 
you know, how you or your agents have been enlightened and things they've done to help their clients. Yeah. You know, it's, We've got just an incredible group of people that, and I wish I could tell you, we had this brilliant PowerPoint presentation on the strategy of what we're looking for. You know, a lot of it's just been, you know, people attracting people that are similar. And we've got just an, an just incredible associates that work with us. And it's not just the agents, it's the, it's the back office that, that deal with this stuff. And, you know, you never see our job that's done very well on placing coverage or really going through an analysis to make sure the client's taken care of. Where you really see the value of, of what our people do is when things kind of go bad. And, you know, the, the thought that comes to mind is, you know, Florida, which is a peninsula that hurricanes like to cross, <laughs> happened to go through a 10-year period where they had no catastrophic claims. So in the all-knowing insurance business, we decided that's it. Hurricanes won't ever hit Florida again. And so it got to be an extremely soft market. Carriers were popping up left and right. Everybody wants to ride it. Well, you know, guess what? Hurricanes do happen and they do happen around Florida. And so the team had a, had a storm that came through, um, you know, and the, the messiness of the storm, not, not the real destruction or everything else, but just that high anxiety where people were, property managers inside of a condo owners association. And they, they literally 28 years old, not from Florida, had never been through a hurricane in Florida, had no idea what to do, but our staff was aware of that. They rallied, they were out there cleaning up parking lots, helping them with uh, debris, videotaping stuff and processing those claims within hours of, of that. They were there having explained, this is what you need to be aware of. And they had those people that brought in. That's not stuff that we charge our clients for. That's the stuff that we are expected to be there for when our clients are going through something that's terrible. And, and you know, another story was, was uh, Texas. They just had, you know, oh my God, nobody could believe it actually gets cold in Texas. But, you know, the old story is there's nothing between Texas and the North Pole, but barbed wire fence. So sometimes... <laughs> That cold drops down pretty quick. And so they had, a, I mean, they had a real mess on their hands. And we had a, a, a large distribution company that was based in New York. New York was, because of this environment, uh, you know, the client was kind of freaking out, couldn't really communicate to his people. So our brokers came together. They were on planes and, and they, they were getting down there. And they were figuring out ways to drive to that just to survey what was going on so that the client could see it. Because he really couldn't even get... His own people, they didn't really understand what was going on. It, they couldn't even get there. was just messiness. And so I, I think that's those, you know, moments. And, and, and thank God that they're, they're not every day. But when they do happen, that our people can step up and shine for it. And I think that really proves the value of what we are as an organization, the value of what we are as an industry. I mean, this is a great, great business. Yeah, I, I, Because yeah. we really help those when those things go back. I, I don't think, uh, you know, to, to your point earlier, right. You, you don't experience this unless something goes bad. Right. And thankfully things don't go bad every day. Right. If they, <laughs> I mean, yeah. listen, we, the, the, the greatest thing could ever happen for our client is that they buy an insurance policy that they never need. Right. right? And, and that's great. But some of the stuff changes, you know, weather patterns change and listen, the, the tech risks that are happening with cyber going on a daily basis, the education, the, the, you know, millions of products that are out there and options, it's really got to have that kind of trusted partner to help walk them through it. 
Hey, Jason, this has been a great conversation and uh, your enthusiasm for the for the industry and and the, your role at the at, at the Hill Group is, a, is is great to hear. Um, so just before we go, uh, I'm, I'm going to let you go because I think you got to get back and maybe, you know, keep building the Hill Group. I'm sure you got tasks today, so we won't keep you much longer. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? No, nah, guys, this has been terrific and super fun. You know, I wish uh look forward to seeing you guys again. Uh, Jason, great seeing you. Let's catch up again here soon. And, and thank you for inviting me on this today. Our pleasure. Good to see you again. Thanks for being here. And um, let's, uh, let's meet in person sometime soon. Yeah, it sounds great. Thanks guys. Take care.